Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, you actually end, then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hey friends, I hope you're doing well. Welcome to session 267 of Selling the Couch. We are talking all about bookkeeping today, and more specifically, some of the things to have in place with regard to bookkeeping if you are a solo practitioner and you are considering starting a group practice. I know that this topic is probably not, well, it may be something that you are thinking about. For example, you know, as I scale to a group practice, how am I going to pay those future clinicians that I'll hire? And what systems and processes do I need to have in place with regard to bookkeeping so that I myself don't get overwhelmed, that the group practice doesn't become something that you know I ultimately regret. My guest today is Michael Spencer. Michael has a pretty interesting career, as you'll hear on the interview. She actually started out working for a number of years doing auditing as a CPA, and then became a licensed clinician and was in private practice for a number of years, and recently started a bookkeeping service to serve helpers and healers, particularly, and just general folks in the healthcare space. And I wanted to have Michael on because one, she has such a gentle way of, just a gentle presence, and you feel like a level of comfort and safety with her. And then second, it's cool to have someone that has that's as a CPA background and that also has a therapist background and to talk about these kind of things. So as I mentioned, we're going to dive into the three kind of tips to consider when it comes if you are thinking about making this transition into a group practice. This is one of those episodes that even if you're not thinking about a group practice, it would be a really good session to listen to just in terms of thinking about the systems and the processes for your solo practice. Because you might be listening and you might be like, man, I'm just kind of skirting by, you know, keeping track of where what payments are coming in and what expenses I have. And maybe you're trying to even think like, hey, I need to really figure out like a better system for this so that I get a more accurate gauge of what to do. And even in the interview, I share something that I've recently, you know, a big purchase that I had to make for STC and how having bookkeeping was just made me 
make that decision with a lot more clarity because I was able to, I knew that I had set aside money, a little bit of money every month. And then when I had the money, I was then able to make that purchase. Hey friends, we are on sabbatical from the STC podcast. This is my first sabbatical in seven years, but we will be back in April with brand new episodes of the STC podcast. In the meantime, there are a lot of things happening still with STC. Uh, Among them is a brand new workshop that we put together for you that you can sign up at a date and time that works for you. If you are a successful private practitioner and interested in launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. So we'll jump right to today's podcast session. Here's my conversation with Michael Spencer. Hey, Michael, welcome back to Selling the Couch. Oh, thank you so much, Melvin. It's great to be here. I'm just one, grateful for our friendship and two, uh, just for the privilege and honor to be able to see the ways that you have both grown as a person and as a business owner. You and I have gotten to know each other through the Healthcasters community and then through our mastermind community as well. And so I'm just so grateful for you. Yeah, thank you. And I'm really grateful for you too. You've been a, a real constant over the past couple of years as I've gone through all sorts of different changes professionally. So I really appreciate you. Oh, you're so welcome. I, you know, for folks that don't know you, you are a therapist, but you had a career prior to that. What was that career? Yeah. So right out of college, I was in accounting and auditing. I was a certified public accountant. My license is currently on inactive status, but I did hold that license from 2001 to 2008. And I did auditing of nonprofit organizations and governments, as well as some small business bookkeeping. Nice. And then what happened in 2008? So, and I guess it was a little bit earlier than that. My license was still active. And in 2006, 2007, I was just kind of becoming unfulfilled with that work. It wasn't really speaking to my soul. And so I decided to go back to school for my master's in mental health counseling. And I pursued that career. I loved that career. I was a licensed professional counselor. And that license right now is also an, on inactive status since I'm not currently practicing in the field. And what happened there was I was doing a lot of trauma therapy and eventually just became kind of burnt out. And so then I transitioned into doing some coaching and really loved that as well. And then in 2020, at the beginning of 2020, I started doing some bookkeeping to supplement my income. And I had been doing bookkeeping for my husband's business for about seven years. And then I was also doing bookkeeping for my own counseling and coaching practices. So I wasn't, I was never totally out of the accounting realm. And in 2020, I just started doing this side work and it started growing without a whole lot of work and effort on my part. You know, I just sent a couple emails out to family and friends and said, Hey, I'm going to start doing some more bookkeeping and clients have been coming. And then a few months ago, I decided, you know, I really want to see about focusing in on serving therapists and coaches and helping professionals in 
private practice because, you know, I know these worlds, I know these folks, and I know that there's a lot of need for support with, you know, the money side of things and the financial tracking of things. And it has been fantastic so far. Yeah, I feel like you are so uniquely qualified because you have the mental health experience. So like you said, you know the verbiage, you know the struggles, all of those different things, you know the mm-hmm. the roadblocks, but then you have the CPA side of you, right? So you're very like, it's an amazing skill. I just wanted to tell you to be able to like navigate both of those worlds the way you do. Thank you. I really enjoy it. And it's been really gratifying to be able to talk, especially with the folks who are in the therapy realm and, and hearing them say, you know, thank you for not judging me. And I feel safe asking you questions. You know, there are folks out there who have questions about their bookkeeping and about their finances and who don't feel like they have a safe place to go to ask those questions because they feel like, well, I I should know that, you know, I'm in business. And so when we feel inept and yet we don't feel like we have a safe place to go to ask questions and build skills and confidence, it's, it can be a dangerous place in terms of dealing with one's bookkeeping, because then it tends to be something that gets put on the back burner. Um, Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I wanted to ask you, and maybe I didn't want to make assumptions when we were talking, but I know that even the word bookkeeping, like I wasn't that familiar with it until a couple of years ago. So what exactly is bookkeeping? Yeah, the way I think of it is simply tracking and recording all of the financial transactions that happen in a business. And so a lot of times these are the things that, and with So there are a couple of different ways of doing bookkeeping and you can do it on the cash basis or the accrual basis. And I'm not going to go too far into that. Most small businesses are on the cash basis, which just means that income is recorded whenever cash is received and expenses are recorded whenever that cash leaves the bank account or the check is written. And so it's a matter of taking all of that information, all of those payments that are going out and the income that's coming in and putting it into a system where you can actually make use of that data. So you can produce a financial statement. So, you know, it's often called an income statement or a profit and loss to be able to see the revenue that's coming in, the expenses that are going out. And then, you know, we'll talk about the bottom line, you know, what's left. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I feel like having a bookkeeper for me has been one of like the best things I've done for my business. And Mm -hmm. I think for me, it has been uh, being able to make business decisions based on numbers or, you know, like, like, for example, really practical thing, you know, I've been wanting to like improve my video quality uh, for a long time. Right. And so uh, I, you know, I've, you watch a lot of YouTube videos and all this kind of stuff on, you know, lighting and stuff like that. And there's this light that a lot of YouTubers recommend. This light is almost like a thousand dollars just for the light plus the setup. Right. And so I think if I didn't have a bookkeeper, if I didn't know my numbers, right, I could just be like, oh, I'll just charge it, whatever. Right. But what I was able to do is I was able to set aside a little bit of money over the span of multiple months. One, I'd like to do that because 
it makes me sure like, okay, this is something I really want. Like, is this a need versus something like a nice to have kind of thing, you know? Right. And then I think, but I don't know, it just gave me, I think, a clarity and a peace of mind because then I was able to say, you know what, like I have the money and, you know, I've saved up for this and now I can purchase this and not have going to debt, you know, in order to do it. Absolutely. Right. So you can have a sense of what you want to invest in and why, and then to really understand your cash flows. And and this is something that I'm in 2021, really wanting to develop in my business is to be able to help more with that advising side of things. It's like, okay, let's get your numbers in a good place. Let's make sure you're doing your reconciliations on a monthly basis. And, you know, for the clients that I'm working with, I take care of that. And then let's get more clear about what these numbers mean for your business. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to shift a little bit and go into the meat of what we're going to talk about, which is I think we titled it the three bookkeeping things to have in place before transitioning from a solo to a group practice. You know, I know that, you know, when we've talked, when we have spoken about half of your current client load of group practice owners, and then you have a decent number of solo practitioners. So you're kind of in both worlds, right? And you understand both. So I thought we could, how does just, how does this sound if we kind of dive into three of those tips? Yeah, that sounds wonderful. And just to clarify, so I have three folks who have group private practices and then three folks who are in different industries. So they're not necessarily solo therapists. Got it. So you're very versed, particularly versed, I think, in the group space, but you're Mm -hmm. definitely versed when it comes to solo folks that are in different industries, the unique challenges that they have. Yep, absolutely. Got it. Okay. So what would be, I guess, what's that first sort of tip that you would share if, you know, like what's a bookkeeping thing that someone should have in place if they're, you know, wanting, thinking about they're in solo practice now, but thinking about a group practice? So the first thing that I was considering as we were talking about this topic isn't necessarily something to have in place, but it's something to do. And so it's it's giving yourself a genuine, honest, and it can be gentle assessment of your current bookkeeping, your relationship with your business finances, and even what your financial and business goals are. So this is an opportunity to really get clear and honest about how you feel about doing your monthly bookkeeping. Are you doing it? Is this something that you put off until the end of the year? Are you a person who's saying, well, gosh, I have money in the bank, so I must be doing okay, but you don't really have the ability to read a financial statement and understand that? Are you a person who's saying, I've got these huge goals, but I don't really know if financially I can afford to do this? In order to create that foundation for a healthy business growing forward, because when we're talking about moving to a group practice, we're talking about expanding, growing, scaling, and it's really important to have that sense of, do I enjoy doing this? Is this the bookkeeping something that I can do going forward? Is it something that I should consider outsourcing? Just because it's it's important especially as we're growing to make sure that we're not holding on to tasks in our business that we're really not having the aptitude to do. Yeah, aptitude and I would even say like passion or mm-hmm. is this like am I the best person to be doing this, right? Like especially I would think I mean I I am not a group practice owner but I 
you know, with STC, I have five independent contractors that do all sorts of different things from editing to websites and all this stuff and bookkeeping. And I, yeah, I mean, it's a genuine like question that I had to ask myself, right? Like, is this, I can do this, but is this the best use of my time? And am I passionate about it? Like, does this take me away from, you know, where I should be focusing? And I think that's a great question to ask. I think especially with, and I'm like curious to hear like your experience with this, but I'm sure with like group practice owners, right? Especially someone that's going from solo to group, there's just, there's that scalability component, right? So in some ways, I feel like if you sort of set up these systems, right? Like for example, with bookkeeping, at maybe at, at when you're solo, like you're the only person in the business, obviously, right? But now you really got to think about, okay, if I hire like two, one person or two people, like what's my system? Like, how are they getting paid? Like all of that kind of stuff, right? How are we accounting for revenue? And I think that's what you're saying, right? Like make sure like what those systems are. Yeah. Having those systems in place and recognizing that as a solo practitioner, you may have been able to get away with a less robust system. You may have been able to track things on spreadsheets or maybe not even really track them at all and just see because your costs were probably fairly stable month to month with this type of business. You know, you've got, you know, rent if you have an in-person space, you've got, you know, your practice management system and email system and all of that. And those things are going to stay relatively stable. So once you start to realize, okay. I need to make this amount of money to pay my bills. This is how much I pay myself every month. You might not even be compiling a financial statement until it's tax time. And in in my opinion, as a bookkeeper, I don't think that's ideal. And one can probably get away with it. As we're growing, to move into a group practice where you've got you're going to get busier, you're going to have more responsibilities, and then there are people counting on you. You know, as you're employing people and providing this space for them to be able to make income to support themselves and their families, it's really important to have these systems in place to be able to track that. Because, you know, as you add people too, if you have an in-person space, you've got to be thinking about where am I going to put them? You know, do I need to pay more rent? Are other costs going to go up every time I add another employee to my practice? And so it's necessary to be able to lean into those numbers every month and to be able to see, okay, how, how is my business growing? Where is it flat? And even just being able to make sure that you're not missing anything. You know, the last thing you want to have happen as you are growing is, oh, I didn't put a payment into my system and now I overdrew my checking account. Yeah. uh, This reminds me of like that James Clear quote, which is like one of my most favorites is that we rise and fall to the level of our systems. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, And it's so true. It's so true. I think when you go from a solo to like having other people, you know, Mm -hmm. what would you say is like kind of the, the second tip that one, you know, should consider when it comes to bookkeeping, especially as they transition or thinking about transitioning from a solo to a group practice? And so I feel like some of these things that I'm sharing are are quite basic. And so there are some people who are listening who are like, yep, I got this in place. And for the folks who 
like I was describing earlier, who have kind of been getting by, um, the next thing to have in place is a bookkeeping system and some sort of payroll system or payroll service, you know, to be moving from, you know, the spreadsheets or the, you know, I haven't really been using a system to really be getting a system in place that you can rely on. And so that might be a QuickBooks online. It might be FreshBooks or Wave. QuickBooks is the one that I'm most familiar with. And for a payroll system, it might be something like Gusto, or you can run payroll within QuickBooks, or maybe it's even a local payroll service in your area. But having a way to capture all of that data and easily produce the financial statements so that you've got that information for, like you were talking about, Melvin, I want to make a purchase. Okay, let me both look at the historical data and also use the system as a way of budgeting so that you know and you feel really comfortable and confident about the financial decisions that you're making. Um, I makes sense. I wanted to ask you again, um, sometimes I ask really basic questions because one, I want to learn. And, and I know sometimes folks listening, they might get uh, confused. Uh, what is a payroll system? And I guess even what is payroll Sure. So when you hire employees, you are required as an employer to, you you know, you'll set a way of paying them. And then you also have to make sure that their payroll withholdings are getting submitted to the correct tax entity. So, you know, we all know about our federal income taxes that we have to make sure we file and pay by April 15th. And one of the ways that we pay those is through payroll tax withholdings. So each time you get paid, if you are what we call a W-2 employee, you you can see your gross pay, and then there's going to be federal taxes withheld on that that get submitted to the IRS. There's also going to be state taxes withheld. Some states do a state unemployment tax, and then some states do local tax. So you've, you're making sure that all those withholdings get taken care of for your employees and paid to the correct taxing entities. And then as an employer, you also have to pay the employer's part of Social Security and Medicare for your employees, as well as workers' comp. And I may be forgetting, I'm not a payroll tax expert, which is why it's important to have a payroll service. And some bookkeepers will run payroll for you and others will sub it out to another organization like Gusto or QuickBooks or a local service. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. It definitely does. I, I just wanted to clarify like what mm-hmm. those were because sometimes, you know, I, I think sometimes we throw words out there, like, you know, just in general, like in groups or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, there's always that person like, oh, I wonder what that is, but then they don't ask, right? And I'd rather folks listen to this and get that clarity. So yeah, I feel that way too. And so the payroll service is the organization that is taking care of making sure so someone in your organization, either your bookkeeper or yourself or uh, an admin person is going to say, okay, these are the hours or these are the amounts that we're going to pay these employees. So you convey that to the payroll company, and then they take care of doing the payroll checks or direct deposits and making sure that everything that needs to happen with 
those payroll taxes and those payroll tax filings are happening and they're happening on time because there are also payroll tax returns that need to be filed with the IRS and state and local as well. Got it. What would you say is like a the third tip? Let me see. I just wanted to, the one thing I wanted to say about a bookkeeping system too, Melvin, is getting a bookkeeping system. And if you're choosing to do this on your own, making sure that you feel confident in how to use it. So for a lot of folks, they feel like, oh, QuickBooks is really easy. And and people will say like, oh, you just get QuickBooks and just do your bookkeeping in there. QuickBooks is a really robust and nuanced system that is very easy to make errors in if you don't know exactly what you're looking at. And so it's important if you do choose to do it on your own, maybe do a little bit of training. QuickBooks has a lot of free trainings and things. You know, look at some YouTube videos and make sure that you're getting really clear so that the information that you're putting in is actually going to provide the accurate output that you want and need for your business. Yeah. Um, I mean, to your point, like QuickBooks, for example, they actually have a whole certification program that I know that you've gone through Mm -hmm. in order to even get like QuickBooks certified, right? So yes, it's definitely like, I think all of these like bookkeeping systems are, are, you know, like they have their own nuances, right? And Mm -hmm. yeah, for those of you guys who are wondering and curious, I use QuickBooks um, as well on mine and uh don't tell me how to you know don't ask me like how how where i go and do this because i have no idea because i you know i've decided like it made sense for me to outsource this mm-hmm. book. So, yeah um, yeah and mm-hmm. uh, go ahead uh, i was gonna jump into the third point if that works yeah sounds good jump in so the third thing I would say, if you're choosing to do this on your own, is creating monthly and maybe weekly, depending on the rhythms of your business, monthly or weekly bookkeeping rituals. And so these are the practices that you need to do on a regular basis to keep your bookkeeping accurate and up to date and, and really reliable. And so this can mean making time to enter and code your transactions. It can mean uploading receipts that support those transactions. So, you know, if you've paid your professional liability insurance, you can put the the invoice that goes along with that. You can put that right into your system. I think most systems these days probably have ways to, to upload those receipts and that support so that everything's in one place. And then doing your monthly reconciliations. So this means just like, you know, you've probably reconciled your personal checking account. And so it just means that making sure that everything that is in your bookkeeping system matches what has transpired in the bank or on your credit card statements and making sure that that ending balance comes out to, you know, the exact amount on the statement. And if it doesn't, that you know what those reconciling items are. Got it. So it's like a, it's a way of, and I think what you're saying is these rituals are really important. One, it's like really important to do them, like almost schedule them, right? Like Mm -hmm. weekly or monthly, because I mean, honestly, this is what, this was one of the major reasons that I decided to hire a bookkeeper because there, I was initially doing this weekly and then it turned to like every other week and then it turned to once a month. And then like, couple of months would go through and then I would get really overwhelmed because I'd be like, oh my gosh, 
like this is way too much. Right. And but this is, you know, and I and I I don't know, I, I think looking back, I'm glad I outsourced this because back when I did, like I was how you articulated earlier, like I was small enough where I could get by, but now like if I didn't have somebody helping me with this, like, oh my gosh, I think I would be so stressed and overwhelmed. Yeah. And I think what you're describing with, you know, it's kind of a slippery slope, right? Where if you start to get behind and then it turns into a couple weeks behind and then a month behind and then two months behind and a quarter behind. And if you already don't enjoy the work of the bookkeeping, that's just going to cause more anxiety and overwhelm and and make it even more challenging to do. Absolutely. I mean, I think related to this, like one of my mantras has been, does this task bring like ease and flow to my life and business, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, for me, at least bookkeeping, I love numbers, I love personal finance, all of that stuff. But man, like diving into those numbers and having to manage that, like, oh, even thinking about it right now, it gives me a headache. (laughs) Well, and it's really interesting because for me, and this is this is the beautiful thing about the differences in people. For me, I find it very grounding. You know, whether it's my personal stuff or working on someone else's books, you know, sitting down and looking at those transactions and making all of this work and making sense of the numbers, it is definitely a grounding experience for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a really good point. Like we're we are, we're all gifted in different ways. We all have different strengths. And mm-hmm. uh yeah, and I think one of the like most important lessons as business owners that we can learn is like realizing what our strengths are, but I think more importantly, like humbly realizing where our shortcomings are and and having the humility to say like, hey, maybe I need help with this, you know? Absolutely. Because, you know, it doesn't make sense that we would be able to do it all. And I think especially as solo practitioners, there's, and, you know, and I've been there of, you know, building a website. I'm not a web designer, you know, doing my bookkeeping. Unfortunately for me, you know, I had that bookkeeping background so that that worked okay for me. And it's to wear all of those hats. Like there's no reason that we should be able to do all of those things well. And so for me, when, when folks come to me and say, Hey, can you help? I'm really glad to be able to offer my services so that I can take that off of their plate or at least, you know, fill in some of those gaps so that, you know, they can feel like they're running a more efficient business and, and then doing the things where their strengths really lie. Yeah. Awesome. Michael, I I wanted to just summarize. So like those three tips. So the first one is a if you're listening and you're thinking about go, you're solo practitioner, you're thinking about going into a group practice, here are the three bookkeeping things. So the number one is a genuine and honest assessment of your current bookkeeping uh, and relationship with your business finances. Number two is a bookkeeping system and a payroll system and service. Number three is weekly or monthly bookkeeping rituals. Michael, any other sort of offhand things or anything that you can think of that would be helpful? I think. I just, I think I just want to say to all the therapists and counselors out there who are considering expanding their practices to, you know, that I hope you're able to do that and develop and expand these businesses that are really serving the world. And I am in deep appreciation of the work that you each do. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's it's not easy work, particularly I think in, you know, in a year like last year and even this year, right? We're in the midst of a pandemic. And I think one of the biggest takeaways that I'm, you know, having from our conversation is, you know, we are all of us are gifted in different ways. We're meant to serve the world in different ways. And like I think one of the best ways that we can serve is to f- figure out those systems and processes and, you know, all of those things in our business so that we can be present with the people that we're meant to serve and not like overwhelmed by some of these other things, you know? Right. Yeah. I love how you said that. Michael, where can we learn more about you and the the services that you provide? Well, the name of my business is Michael Spencer Bookkeeping and my website is mspencerbooks.com. Perfect. And I'll definitely link to that on the show notes page, which you guys can find over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 267. Uh, Michael, thank you again for doing this and uh, have a great rest of your day. Thanks so much, Melvin. Bye. Hey there, hope you enjoyed my conversation with Michael. And especially if you are in a season where you're thinking about hiring a bookkeeper or just getting a better system and process in order to understand the money that is coming into your business and the money that is going out. I hope that today's podcast session has been especially helpful for you. I was like reflecting a lot on, you know, this conversation as I'm, you know, after the conversation. And one of the biggest things that that I've learned as a business owner is, uh, and I alluded to this in the interview, but having a, I call it like a lean, mean, and mighty team in place in order to support your business. And one of those things for me has definitely been the help of a bookkeeper. I really did struggle with that initially of whether bookkeeping services were like a luxury or or like a necessity kind of thing. And for me, especially with, you know, now going from like a very small operation to you know, multiple income streams and all of these different things and and continuing to add like, you know, intentionally add services and products and things like that. I just, I felt like it was a really good idea that I hired a bookkeeper. I would definitely encourage you to take a step back as well and see if your future self could really benefit from hiring and, and thinking whether a, a bookkeeper might be someone for you. Hey friends, we are on sabbatical from the STC podcast. This is my first sabbatical in seven years, but we will be back in April with brand new episodes of the STC podcast. In the meantime, there are a lot of things happening still with STC. Uh, among them is a brand new workshop that we put together for you that you can sign up at a date and time that works for you. If you are a successful private practitioner and interested in launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Have a great rest of your week and uh, I will see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com.
So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of, Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.